Welcome to the Lehigh Valley Arts Podcast, where we explore the local arts culture in the Lehigh Valley. We'll be doing this through conversations with individual artists, administrators, and organizations. We'll explore all types of mediums with a goal of enriching local culture. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Lehigh Valley Arts Podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Elise. And we have a very special announcement. We have officially surpassed 400 followers on Instagram and had a giveaway. This involved the winner sending us what they'd like for us to read live on the show. And the winner sent us a letter. So, Elise, would you mind reading it? Hi, I'm Matt Mulchini, owner of Shards Recording Studio and co-founder of Tape Swap Radio. I always felt like the Lehigh Valley had something special going on creatively, which inspired me to start a very artist-friendly and unique recording studio to serve the local musicians looking to explore their art. Although I studied violin, voice, and drums in my youth, I played in lots of bands and I borrow much of my ethos from DIY and punk as well as having been in mental health social work for six years. I try to keep everyone centered on creating the truest art they can. My hope is that in addition to a professional recording, they leave having had a fun, cathartic, fruitful, and even empowering experience. Tape Swap Radio is similar in that its mission is to be both a platform for musicians as well as a mirror to view what's going on locally to keep folks motivated and excited to keep creating, connecting, and thriving. If you want to follow Matt on Instagram, you can follow him at shardslv, which is spelled S-H-A-R-D-S-L-V. So in addition to that, we got a very special message about our podcast and how it's doing. So our podcast data hosting service sent us a message saying that we have officially exceeded 500 downloads of the Lehigh Valley Arts podcast. It means so much to us that you guys are all listening. It does. <laughs> we have so much more in store for you as we're moving forward. But we appreciate everyone that has been liking our pictures on Instagram, engaging with our content, listening to the podcast on wherever you listen to your podcasts at. Yeah. Are, and a big thank you to all of our guests that have come on and donated their time definitely. and come down to the studio and recorded with us. We really appreciate it. And we hope you guys keep tuning in. Yeah, definitely. Well, our guest this week is the incredible and multifaceted artist, Kate Hughes. And here's Elizabeth, who's going to read her bio. Kate Hughes is a Lehigh Valley-based photographer, printmaker, writer, actor, comedian, and radio personality. Originally from Philadelphia, Kate grew up involved in the arts. She could be found drawing and coloring from the moment she was physically able to hold a crayon. Classically trained in tap, jazz, and ballet, Kate's dance lessons spanned from kindergarten throughout college. Hughes also fell in love with writing at a very early age always focusing on finding humor in ordinary, everyday life. She tried her hand at stand-up comedy at the age of 23 and eventually wound up landing her own internet radio show. You can still find her live on the air every Monday from 12 to 3 p.m. on WXLV through iHeartRadio and Twitch. The Lunch Express with I Hate Kate is a very comedically based live program interspersed with listener requests, great music, and lessons Hughes may or may not have learned along the way. With a fine arts undergraduate degree and master's degree in business management, both from Cedarcrest College, Kate has been very successful at producing, marketing, and selling her work and her brand. Since 2002, she has been a fixture in the art community, performing, writing, directing, and emceeing in local venues including the Banana Factories, Crayola Gallery, Touchstone Theater, McCooley's Arts and Events Center, ArtsQuest Steals Tax, and the Allentown Art Museum. To keep her finger on the pulse of her community, Kate sits on the boards for both Bethlehem's Chamber of Commerce, where she is a director of public policy, and the Society of the Arts throughout Allentown Art Museum. 
Hughes immerses herself in her own work as well as the work of other artists, holding the firm belief of helping, promoting, and collaborating with other artists or creative thinkers along the way is the true measure of success in the arts. A self-taught photographer, Hughes' primary focus is her photojournalism. Her photo collection of Women Who Inspire is highlighted through Most Flammable, Hughes' one-woman performances produced through ArtsQuest. Most Flammable is an ongoing series of storytelling and stand-up comedy told through the use of her photos, showcasing and laughing through the ebbs and flows of what life can throw you. Hughes calls Most Flammable her happiness movement. These sold-out live performances have allowed her rare access into the lives of hundreds of kind, successful, magnetic women in the Lehigh Valley and beyond. The focus of her Women Who Inspire photo series is to showcase how each life has significant meaning and lasting impressions, creating a rippling effect of change and evolution as seen through Hughes' lens. She is currently writing her first book under the same title, Most Slimmable, a collection of stories of both men and women that have come into her life, lessons learned from both success and failure, and of course, a few jokes. Kate, thank you so much for coming in today. You're, <laughs> you're welcome. I'm here with my prop. <laughs> We're ready. Are you ready? Okay, so I just wanted to tell you guys, whatever time you're listening to this, it's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> so good, right? <laughs> so amazing. W- what flavor of Wegman seltzer is that? <laughs> this is ginger. Oh. Um, oh. Very fancy. For very many reasons. Ginger, yeah. Nice. Very Thank nice. you. Well, welcome. Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. We've talked for about an hour before sitting down. I feel like I we know did. you guys. It's That's very good. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And at least I met you in Cyberland. You did. Before in, in the virtual world. Real land. Mm-hmm. And it's isn't that interesting? It's like when you meet people with the mask on first. Yep. Yep. And then you you have this idea of what the rest of their face looks like. Mm-hmm. And then it does it never matches. And then you're mad about it. You're like, why don't they look like how I think they should look? <laughs> <laughs> well, so when I met you in Cyber Cyberland, is that what you said? Love yeah, that. Cyberland. Um, Cyberland. Uh, you were having trouble with your avatar. Yes. So it was the computer generated avatar, and then you were sunk halfway through the floor. <laughs> so <laughs> we were all standing up here, standing quote quote up here, and then Kate, we're like, like everyone has to there. look down to see. That was her. just a brief introduction as to who I am. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Visually, you can just so see she, it. Yeah. So she's halfway in the ground, and then you're there with glasses flat wrapped around your face. <laughs> Her glasses were wrapped around. I'm like, this girl's amazing. <laughs> she wears goggles. <laughs> it's goggle girl. It is It is weird, though, when you, I mean, and that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is just the beginning of it. Oh, yeah. I'll stop. No, no. So, yeah, that was really cool meeting you in that space. So that was put together by Tyrone Webb. Yeah. And that's his um, the one that he had done was through spatial spatial XR and their um, VR. What am I supposed to call it? I love Cyberland. Their VR Cyberland program. Yeah, I'm going to get in trouble for that. Yeah, and shout out Spatial for sharing our information on Oh, yeah, on thank their you. That page. was very cool. That was awesome. Oh, they did? Oh, they that's did. great. They did. They're, yeah. they're wonderful. They really are. They are. That was cool. So Yeah, it's it's uh, a project that we're working on. Tyrone Webb, Michael Lebson, Brandon Seeley, Sarah Viteri, and Johnny Smith. Hmm. And... Um, that's just one small part of it, the the Cyberland stuff. But yeah, Tyrone Webb has his gallery virtually. Mm-hmm. It's incre- It's incredible. Absolutely. I, I think you know 
we think about the pandemic and all the things that happened, but we have just been thrusted into the digital age. Oh, Seriously. yeah. I'm not ready, as you can tell by my avatar. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible to think that all of these things existed before we were forced to need them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now we're getting used to these things that have existed for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and the the way that pe- the creative applications that are going along oh, with yeah. that, like how people are taking it and reshaping it yeah. for their purposes, because... I don't know that before that I would have ever considered going to a virtual gallery opening. Right. I would have been like, yeah, okay, I'll just drive over there. It's fine. <laughs> I'll get in my car. My car is real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is but, It is interesting. And I do think I want to kind of touch on what you said, the, the creative people. I mm-hmm. mean, we're sitting amongst some of them right now. <laughs> uh, we are the people that are going to help us get through this and really mm-hmm. just navigate through the digital world. Because you're not going to go to a virtual gallery and talk to someone who's, uh, you know, curating it or running the gallery that's, you know, um, nine to five or like a, mm, yeah. like a, an accountant. That's the word I was trying to think of. <laughs> you, you want someone that's going to sort of entertain you and engage you in creative and thought provoking yeah, conversation. Absolutely. And that's, I mean, let's put our yeah. superhero capes on right now. <laughs> yep. Shout out to the Lehigh Valley Art Avengers from Keith's episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So that hive mind collective of creatives working together on projects um, and Tyrone's virtual gallery, that's part of a project that you're working on. Yeah, he, he sort of, what has been really interesting through all of this, he, he reached out to me. Gosh, I, I don't remember the time frame. I don't know if it's been like that for you guys too. Everything kind of seems to like. Oh, the last year is just. Oh, gosh. It's yeah. really weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so he reached out to me and he said, I want to talk to you. I have this idea. And I'm like, yeah, right. I'm busy. No, I, I was like, yeah, sure. I'll be, I'll be there. And I, <laughs> and I met him and he asked uh, if I knew anybody that would be interested in sort of working on this project where we meld the worlds of uh, theater and the visual arts mm-hmm. together. And I said, yeah, let me let me uh, put some feelers out. And I called my squad and everyone, you know, is like, yes. And that's another thing, like through all this, the people, the creative people, the artists and the, the musicians and all of those people, they're hungry. They're hungry for, oh, yeah. for mm-hmm. stuff. Their world shut down. Yeah. So this is an opportunity, and it was Tyrone's idea, to really just full throttle, just get, everyone that we possibly can involved and just immersed in the art experience. Mm-hmm. So it w- his idea was to call it that thing at, so say we do it at the banana factory and people were like, oh, did you see that thing? What thing? That thing at the banana factory. <laughs> so that's the idea. Um, yeah. But yeah, we're like a secret society. <laughs> <laughs> I can't give you too much information. Otherwise, gonna, you'll go missing. I'm joking. That's a joke. Well, I was going to say, I, on the Instagram and on collectively yours or Tyrone's or Michael's, I've seen pirate costumes, astronaut <laughs> costumes. I've seen videos of people running up and down hallways. I, <laughs> That's most, so you mostly named everything that I'm, I, I bring to the table. I'm like, I don't have any skills, but I have a great amount of costumes. I can bring those with me. Yeah. And that, that was another thing. So, so d- during the pandemic, I mean, March, 2020, we'll always remember it. Uh, everything actually shut down on March 16th, 2020, all the businesses. That was the last day for everything. Yeah. I know this. 
because that was my birthday. Oh, oh man. What a happy birthday. Yeah. <laughs> it was an interesting birthday. And uh, I remember going to my one girlfriend was like, well, we have to, <laughs> the world's shutting down tomorrow. We have to make the best of it. And Noel Gabovitz, she picked me up and we went to vegan treats. She wanted to get me a little cake. And we walked in. Now, remember, this is the beginning of the pandemic. And we walked in. And we ordered the cakes and, and we said, oh, we'll just sit over here. And they said, I'm, I'm sorry, you can't sit in here. You have to take it with you. And that was the first time. It was that first taste mm. of it. You know, and we had no idea what was going to happen. Yeah. And several months in, I, I lost my job and I was, I was alone. I was completely <laughs> <laughs> alone with my thoughts, which is never good. Uh, <laughs> and uh, then uh, Tyler Rothrock, I don't know if you guys know Tyler yet, but he's a local comedian. And he, he reached out to me and he's like, I'm, I'm going to put a podcast together. I have to do something. I have to laugh through this. And he had a friend whom I had never met before. And he said, my friend Tim's interested. Are you in? I'm like, yes, God, please. <laughs> Somebody help me get out of this. So we just did Zoom a Zoom podcast every single night. Nice. Monday through Friday, I think it was eight, eight to nine p.m. And I met Tim, Tim Fry, for the first time on our first show, and we just had this chemistry, and we laughed throughout the entire <laughs> pandemic, and we created this. We called it our. Um, oh gosh, I can't remember. We had our society of listeners, the nation. That's what we called it, the nation. It was <laughs> called clicking and screaming, and it, I think if nice. you if you go on, you can still find it online somewhere uh but man they they saved me they i i was able oh, to laugh awesome. every single night so and that's where the costumes <laughs> came in <laughs> i was like well i should just get dressed up or something i should do something <laughs> right and then i joked that i i'll you know i forgot what legs looked like i never saw tim's legs and then when i finally <laughs> I never, like i just so interested he would hold his leg up every once in a while and it's like hey hey um and then when I when then I met him, he was like six feet tall, and I was like, that doesn't that didn't that didn't work out in my head. That's not how I imagined you to be. Yeah, but yeah, just a community of like minded people coming together, and that's mm -hmm. I noticed that like the people that were singing to each other in Italy and all around mm -hmm. every yeah. country, mm -hmm. I just thought that was really interesting, and that's how that's how we get through. Yeah, absolutely. I know I've spent spent a lot of quarantine and a lot of the pandemic making things I probably otherwise wouldn't have made just because yeah. what else am I going to do with my time? You know, yeah. once yeah. you finish work, you can't, <laughs> can't leave the house. So you make a collage or <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Whatever. And it was, it's, I don't want to say it's fun, but it, it was cool because now I have all this stuff that yeah. I can look back on and say like, what was I feeling or what was I thinking when I made that? So absolutely. Yeah. It made people, kind of well we were all out of our comfort zone right <laughs> i mean all of us every, it was the <laughs> ultimate pause button that was yeah. pressed mm. and yeah you, you just you sink or swim and it was nice to see like people were start cooking and mm -hmm. baking <laughs> the bread thing <laughs> yeah, the what bread is it with thing. the bread everybody got it <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh we were looking for yeast for like months and i <laughs> kept going to the grocery store and coming home and i'm like elizabeth they're out of yeast again. <laughs> again. Why right? can I not find yeast anywhere? Is there like a shortage or something? 
Oh my god! So even in the in just the hour before this podcast, we were talking, and it seems that community and being really outgoing about the importance of this community at large is huge. I love the Lehigh Valley. I, yeah. I really do. I, I can tell that you guys do too. Because why? Why else would you do <laughs> yeah. this? I mean, there's so much. Well, first of all, there's so much untapped potential here. Besides that, there are so many creative and wonderful people here. Uh, originally, I'm from outside of Philadelphia, and I went to Cedar Crest College, and I just never left the area. And I'm on the Chamber of Commerce for for Bethlehem. Uh, they they felt sorry for me. They're like, "All right, come on." <laughs> <laughs> and I've met so many wonderful people through being on the chamber. You meet all these business owners and um, people that genuinely care about our community, our businesses, and the people that live here. And I haven't really experienced that in the other mm. places where mm. I live. Mm. And I got involved in theater, local theater. She's oh, probably like 10, 15, it's more, more like 15 years ago, <laughs> I guess, if I'm going to be honest about it. And I was working for the V-Day organization. Okay. I'm sure you're familiar with that. Is well, you are, Ben. Um, yeah. Uh, it's an organization that is trying to end violence against women and girls. And I, I did that for many, many years. And we did the vagina monologues. And I met so many amazing women through that organization, putting that production together. Have you seen it, Elise? I haven't. You no. haven't? Oh. I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking, I need to do that when I get home. <laughs> yeah. You have to watch it. Yeah. And it's just Eve Ensler is the writer. And she wrote all of these monologues. And you get your community together. No one has to be an actor. And, you know, they just get up and you can read it off of the cards. And, man, it was it's such a, a thrilling organization to be a part of. So I was working with Turning Point. And, I, gosh, I can't remember the other name of the organization. <laughs> it's been so long. I, I blame the pandemic for everything. <laughs> Where are my keys? I blame the pandemic. It's true. I haven't used them since March 2020. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't left the house since March. Um, a woman's place. I remembered it. Yes. Uh, in, in Doylestown. Yeah, so uh, do, doing that, I've met uh, so many women and their husbands and sons and brothers and just this community of people that I'm still in touch with. I haven't uh, done that production in a couple of years now. Um, but yeah, we all keep tabs on each other. It's, oh, that's awesome. it's really nice. Yeah. yeah. Have you always been this outgoing? Oh, no. <laughs> great, great question, Ben. <laughs> no, I, I was, <laughs> I was painfully shy as a child. Uh, but I did always like to shop. I want that to be known. <laughs> so we would go to the mall every Saturday night. My grandparents would be there. My, my brother, my older brother and I, Roddy, shout out. Hi, Rod. And <laughs> I would go. I had to get the biggest, shiniest, most colorful earrings. That was very important to me. <laughs> and I would pick them all out. But I could not take myself up to the counter. I couldn't pay for them because I was so shy. So I would give my brother the money and he would wind up paying for my earrings. And that went on for you. <laughs> He's still doing that, actually. <laughs> and uh, I was in third grade. And I always sort of kept to myself. I'm just, I don't know, a really shy person. And I, my third grade teacher, Miss Wojcik, I think she noticed that I had an affinity for like coloring and drawing and things like mm. that. And... She asked me if I wanted to do a mural for the entire school. 
<laughs> I was in the third grade. <laughs> and she said, you can, while the kids are at recess, you can go in the gym and you can paint this huge mural on the wall. And I was like, sign me up. I'm doing it. <laughs> you know, I was there while the kids are outside and I'm all alone in my element. And the day for the unveiling came and the entire school was in the gym and my teacher held me up. I always say it's like that scene from the Lion King. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which she probably could not get away with in today's day and age. Uh, but she held me up. And all the kids <laughs> they were clapping for me. Oh <laughs> it was my God. probably a terrible mural. But it made me feel like I found my voice. That was mm. my way to communicate with people was through art. And I just tried my hand at everything. I would make sculptures out of soap. I would carve <laughs> soap. <laughs> I would paint rocks. You know, anything that I could get my hands on, I sort yeah. of did. And it's funny because my mom, to this day, she'll give me weird things like lint. She's like, yeah, I'm sure you can do something with this, right? Okay. I'm like, this is a whole bag of lint, mom. I'm supposed to do this. Bottle caps, you name it. And I take, I'm like, she's right. I can do something with it. But yeah, and I think that's sort of, well, that speaks to the, <laughs> the person that I am today. Still trying to figure it out. But. <laughs> no, I... You are definitely not the first person on this show to bring up a former teacher or someone who has just kind of pulled that out of you. Yeah. And I I think I think every time we come in here I always think about like one of my former art teachers and like I wouldn't be doing this if right. <laughs> if yeah. they hadn't been there to kind of foster that. And my my mom and people in my life have too, but man, like art teachers, they're just like on it. <laughs> yeah, I think with I think now, especially because the world has changed so much, especially in this past year, you, you really don't know just any kind of kindness that you can extend to somebody mm. or encouragement. You really don't know where that person is in their life. And it really could make the biggest difference. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, my teacher asked me because she saw that I was quiet and I like to paint <laughs> and it yeah. changed my life. Uh, that's such a that's such a beautiful entrance to the artistic journey that you you would go on yeah i mean to start with a mural which for for a lot of visual <laughs> yeah, artists right, Kate. you know like that's no big deal that's, that's, that's the that's end the all end. be all <laughs> i finished in five minutes no, no not even close uh -huh. yeah and i did my parents put me in dance because i guess that's what you do when you have a child a daughter you just put oh, her in dance yeah, yeah totally you did that okay yeah i'm six feet tall i don't know why my parents ever thought like <laughs> Oh, is I it was a height graceful thing? enough to. <laughs> oh, I didn't know you had to be a certain height. Why are you saying that? No, I'm saying it. I don't know why they thought their like gangly tall child was like the right kid to be in a dance I, class. <laughs> probably because you're you're you are a girl, and they were just like, well, oh, "This totally. is what we do with girls. Yep, yep. Boys do sports, girls do dance. Mm -hmm. That's different now. Everything's different now. <laughs> but yeah, even that, I I would hide in my closet because I didn't want to go to rehearsal oh my goodness and my parents would have to come looking for me but i'll tell you what when it was recital time and that white hot spotlight was on and i'm in my costume i was just like this is where i want to be yeah and i'm like let's sign up for another year they're like oh my god i think i see the thread and it's the costumes <laughs> it, you're like, i never put those things together yeah so, was there a lion king costume involved with the mural thing there will be no <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> it's the only costume I don't have. <laughs> no, that's awesome. So in addition to 
your extensive costume use, <laughs> um, yes. you you definitely fall under the the description of like a multifaceted or multidisciplinary artist. And when we started talking, you said that um, being a writer is kind of the common the common thread between all of the things that you do. Yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, I just was listening to this uh, audio book. I'm finding myself doing that now that I'm back in my car and. I was never familiar with this term, but gallows humor. Hmm. Uh, it's hmm. when you find humor in things that are less than humorous, like hmm. the people that crack jokes at funerals. Hmm. And I didn't, I had, I had always done that. I'm very uncomfortable when people are uncomfortable hmm. and my go-to move is a joke. <laughs> Just tell a joke, lighten the load, you know, and yeah. that's sort of always how I operate it in my family dynamic. And then um, when I finally came out of my shell and like, I don't know, 11th grade, something like that, uh, I was the jokester, you know? <laughs> and then I thought, uh, I should maybe write these things down. And actually a friend of mine, Ashley Adams, she's a local girl. I met her through V-Day, brilliant actor and she, <laughs> and brilliant writer. And she would write, you know, Facebook posts. And I was like, I really want to do that. And then I thought, well, why don't you? No one's going to do it for you, Kate. Why don't you just do it? So I just started writing and started out with a Facebook post and people really seemed to like it. And they were like, I'll buy your first book. And uh, I was like, you know, and then you don't believe it because you have that voice in your head that of always course. is like, what are you doing? Yeah. Why are you trying to do this? And you fight with that for a little while. And I really come to know myself, <laughs> especially over this past year, I think you have to find your purpose in life and mm. not stray from it. Even when everything else or a lot of things are sort of telling you to do it, yeah. you have to just follow your heart because it's it's always hard work, but it's always, it's always worth it. So I, yeah, I started doing that and uh, I did V-Day, and somebody told me, like, why, why don't you write your own play? And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so I did. I, I wrote my first play, and we performed it at McCool's Arts and Events Center. And, oh, I, I mean, my, my mom came, I think it was the second play I wrote. She came to it, and she was crying at the end. <laughs> and she came up to me, and she's like, you are an artist. And I said, I've been telling you this. <laughs> Didn't you see my mural, mom? Mom, third grade, come on. I'm like, I've been telling you this the whole time. No, that really meant something to me because, yeah. you know, I think, she, you know, as parents, they want you to to have, you know, be safe, have mm -hmm. a job, be a nurse, you know, those kind of things. <laughs> and I just could never do that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I wrote a couple of plays and then uh, I had a really difficult year. Uh <laughs> And it wasn't 2020, so I've been in like training for for that year. Uh, 2017 was just I call it my my best worst year. It was a year where, man, I cried, I cried so much, but I have never laughed more in my entire. Oh, that's it's, awesome! It's that gallows humor. You yeah. just have to laugh yeah. in the face of adversity and. I thought, I mean, it it was like clockwork. Something happened every month, every month. So much so that I remember looking up in the sky and being like, all right, <laughs> I'll write it down. Um, so that's what I did. So that was my most flammable, the first nice. episode. 
was based on 2017. And it started the beginning of the year with a breakup of a long-term relationship, which I'm sure we've all lived through that. <laughs> and it sort of just rocked my world. And then at the end of the year, I mean, like I said, everything. <laughs> I, I did a play, I think it was in February, and we all forgot our lines. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's the worst thing ever. And I, 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 I left the stage and I came back out and I said, we're going, we're going to start this play over. I'm sorry. We're all very tired. They're like, yeah, woo. we do it again. And we forget our lines again. Oh my gosh. It's the, it was like a, a living nightmare. It's like noises off. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but worse. Yeah, but and, real. But real life. <laughs> but real life. <laughs> yeah. And, and the, the writer was there and he had brought all of his friends from oh, Philadelphia. Oh I my just, gosh. I wanted, I mean, it was, the worst thing. And then afterwards, everyone's like, where's your boyfriend? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was just, <laughs> it was just like salt in the wound. And then at the end of the year, I, I thought I had cancer, I had a cancer scare. I mean, it was the worst year <laughs> oh, my of my life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm fine. And I just thought, you know, when you, when you have what you perceive to be a near death experience or something that, you mm. know, you think I'm going to have to fight a hard fight everything that you think is important somehow you see very clearly that what is actually important and what can just go to the wayside mm -hmm. and at the end of that year i knew exactly what i wanted and i decided i'm i'm going for it so that's when i decided i was going to write that show and i did and I sold out, no big deal. <laughs> Which was amazing. I never, I mean, I begged people. I begged them to come and I will do it again. So thank you for having me here to do that. <laughs> oh my goodness. You're welcome. <laughs> Just to clarify, Kate did not beg. We begged her to come on today. I don't know. I, I, well, potato, potato, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> I was just thinking about, like, I've been in a play since I was, I've been in a play since I was a kid. Oh. And I, that is like a reoccurring nightmare that I have oh, for no reason at all. It's horrible. <laughs> I lived it. And it's like, it, I also play the violin, so it's like it, do. it doesn't matter. Like it can be like forgetting my lines or like getting on stage and then I didn't memorize the piece or like yeah. <laughs> getting here and I didn't read any of my notes. Like it's transferable to anything that I'm working on. It's horrible. It, it is. It's like it's like the um, you know, uh the naked dream yeah, or the, the underwear yeah, dream. Yeah. yeah. Or the college one where you like it's the last day of school and you didn't do your term paper and you're going to fail out and you won't graduate. Right. Yeah. Universal anxiety. I love it. Like, I love I'm not it. in college anymore. Like there's no paper to finish. Right. Now there's just grants to, to finish. Right. Now there's harder things. Uh. So we talked about you writing. Yes. We talked about you acting in plays mm -hmm. and in the information that you sent us beforehand, there was some stuff about some films that you've been in. Yeah, it's it's interesting. 
people have, they just ask me to do things and I am a yes girl. I'm like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and I just put it on my schedule and I show up when I'm supposed to. <laughs> um, sometimes I'll have makeup and hair done. Sometimes, you know, it's a, it's a crapshoot. Um, yeah. So, uh, Brandon Seelay of Living Proof Pictures, he was, uh, the first director filmmaker that I worked with. And I believe the first film that we did is called Binge Purge. It's actually on Oh gosh, I think it's on Amazon Prime. Okay. It's on one of those platforms. I think it's Amazon Prime. And I I co-starred with uh Valen Turkovich and she was the lead and I was the supporting actress. She is phenomenal. She is a phenomenal actress. She's been on um oh gosh, what are those the Lifetime, Lifetime mm. movie. Yeah. She's been in a Lifetime movie. Ooh, yeah. Nice. And she lives here. Another gem in the Lehigh Valley. And Brandon put that movie into the film circuits and we won a bunch of awards and I actually, <laughs> I actually won best supporting actress in one of, in one Ooh. of the awards. Can we do like an applause yes. sound effect there? <laughs> yes. So you guys are with an award-winning actress. I should have brought my Oscar. I do have one. I made it myself, you know, but I, <laughs> somebody had to do it. Uh, yeah. So that kind of like gave me the, you know, I caught the bug for that stuff. And recently, I'm working on another one with him right now. But right now in the film circuit, we have a short and a long. <laughs> That's my film <laughs> joke, Ben. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> You're welcome. That was for you. A short and a long. <laughs> uh, so the feature length is Brandon Seeley, Living Proof Pictures, and it's Bitter Taste of Ginger. And it's my first death scene. Oh, man. I get to die. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was very interesting. And then uh, the short that we have is Life Happens and You Cry. And that's with La Princesa Productions okay. and Cuba Fernandez. And he has his own production company as well. And we shot that entirely in, in Bethlehem, right on wow, Main Street, essentially. Awesome. <laughs> and I think it's a 15-minute film. Now, that's in the film circuit currently, so you can't mm -hmm. see that mm -hmm. yet online. But we have won a couple of awards for that. We won the People's Choice Award with the, in the first film festival that we were in. Wow. Awesome. Which I'm told is, that's the award you want. Right? Yes, that is. <laughs> you better say yes, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's uh, oh my goodness. Yeah, at film festivals, Everything else is so up to taste, and the curators can be very, um, very esoteric in their choices and what they want. <laughs> mm -hmm. But getting that audience award at any film festival is really, yeah, really an accomplishment. And it's all original score in that one and wow. the other oh films. Gosh. Yeah, and this one, this one in particular, "Life Happens Then You Cry." I think because it's a short, it, there's so much information that's packed in a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. The music really, it just drives it. And I never really noticed that about mm. films before, <laughs> embarrassingly enough. Uh, but man, I'm so, I'm so, well, I'm very proud of all of the work that I've done and the people that I've worked with. Uh, but Sarah, she's another one. She's like, I, <laughs> she's like, I wrote this, this film and I want you to read it. So I'm reading it and it's like this girl named Kate and her friend Sarah. I'm like, <laughs> It sounds familiar. Like, are you sure this is a film? <laughs> are you stalking me? I'm like, sure, I'll do it. Yeah, and, and we had such a good time doing it, you know, and like everyone was so nice and kind. And and I hadn't done, I mean, I had done a couple other films before, but I, I had always done just theater my whole life. Yeah. 
And I really like it's films forgiving. You yeah, get you get a redo. It <laughs> what it's was not that? like live theater. <laughs> what was that transition like from the theater to the camera for you? I I have to say that I do feed off of that audience because people do mm. ask me like, what what do you like better? Uh, there's so many great parts about theater. I mean, that energy. Gosh, I, you can't you can't get that anywhere. It's yeah. unbeatable <laughs> for sure. And yeah, I just feed off of that. I need it. So film, it was it was difficult for me. And you know, you you know, there's no one to read for like where the lines falling, where mm-hmm. the laughs falling. Mm-hmm. But then when you see it <laughs> at the premiere <laughs> and you hear these people laughing, I don't know. It just didn't register for me at first. Like, oh, I knew that was a funny line. I knew I had delivered a certain way. But it's it was kind of like. The reactions were placed on hold because it was recorded. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's a good way to describe it. Oh, no, absolutely. I think yeah, that's a great way to describe it. But so that was, it was difficult for me. But then yeah. when I saw it and, and seeing it for the first time, Brandon was like, I want you to see it before the premiere. And I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to look at myself. He's like, why are you an actor? <laughs> great question. Great question. We'll get to that later. Um, and that was, that was sort of difficult. I remember I had my hands <laughs> my eyes because i was like it's getting me bad Uh, (laughs) but Uh, it's it's very forgiving you get all those takes you can just redo your mistakes (laughs) which i'm very good at i'll do it on live theater as well i'm like we're gonna start over Uh, yeah we never say that i don't want to listen to myself then why are you doing podcasts it's weird yeah now with the with the like I have a radio show, yeah. so I think that was just a natural transition. And I, and now you have just been doing this this podcast, mm-hmm. and you don't have any prior experience, correct? As a host, yes. As a host, mm-hmm. okay. yes. But you have you have podcast experience, okay? Yeah. So you you know when you're on it, like when I first started a million years ago, <laughs> that. My voice, I was just like very much up here and, and nasally and, you know, and you listen back, which is very important. Yeah. And you want to make your voice soothing and <laughs> at the, at the least bearable, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, you know, to move away from the microphone when you have to move away and, you know, and change the pitch and the tone to mm. keep people listening. Yeah. Because if you talk like this, every time you say something, people are going to listen <laughs> to how you're saying it and know what you're saying. <laughs> And I, and I do that now. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I hear people and I'm like, I can't even hear what you're saying. I want you to stop talking like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, to a T, I understand that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you get it. And, and do you listen back to your shows? I mean, I know you do the editing, so you have to. Yes. But well, do you find yourself just like there's a, cracking there's, open a bottle oh, yeah. of wine and listening? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, there's a funny story with that, too, because when we first started it, Elise, you were like, my only contingency is I will never listen to the show. Are you serious? <laughs> You're like, I'll do it, but I don't ever want to hear what I've done. But it's a podcast, Elise. I, I know that. We, well, we always joke, like, I live in perfect oblivion that no one listens to this at all. And now, like, the more people that are listening, listening. or, like, even people I don't even know and then I've gotten into conversation. They're like, oh, have you heard about this podcast? And I'm like, ah, damn it. Like, <laughs> You're like I don't want this to be popular. <laughs> and, no, and I and I do because the message is so important. But it's crazy. The, the self, what is the word I'm looking for? The self-consciousness that comes with any sort of yeah. art, whether it's visual art, yeah. performing art, is you are so 
open open like everything is exposed like yeah. your, your your emotions your voice like everything and it's, it's not just, it's not for the faint of heart it's, it's no, not and it's not. it's funny because i when we started this project i like podcasts which is why i was like sure podcast why not right. so now i've turned it into almost like a meditative sort of thing where every time i go for a walk then i'll just listen back to one of our episodes oh, okay. yeah. and That's then smart. say okay why did you say it like that or why did you say that word or why do you keep saying um and <laughs> yeah and try to kind of uh, fix it but yeah totally that's um yeah absolutely yeah. the the listening back thing <laughs> the, uh, the end to that original story <laughs> was that we were we did the second episode and i preview our episodes so i can listen to them in as many different environments so that i can mix and eq them so that they sound good everywhere right okay. and unless you upload it to a streaming service you can't listen to it in the car right oh. especially on an apple device okay and so um if anybody listening can find it, good luck. But um, <laughs> I upload the show to SoundCloud under a completely different show name oh, and a do? very random username. Oh. And they're very rough drafts. <laughs> and then like... I send them to us oh. so that we can listen to it. We I can pull it up on SoundCloud. Yeah. That's really important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's that's a challenge for everyone listening is if you can find the show alias and alias username you can hear the show before it comes out challenge accepted <laughs> but i sent that to elise yeah and she's like oh, i guess i will listen to it uh, if i have to yeah. and then she had some very valuable notes yeah no and i it's good it's it's all good yeah yeah, yeah. i mean that's how you you grow and you get better you have you have to I, trust me when i the, the first film i'm no joke i was <laughs> i was like hiding i'm like i don't want to see it well, then you're in the wrong profession. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll look then. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. So your radio show <laughs> is hysterical. Oh, thank you. Speaking of natural transition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, WXLV, the X, the Lunch Express with I Hate Kate. That's me. You found me. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, yeah, I've been doing that for far longer than I should be doing anything. And... I, again, when I first started, well, I started out, I was doing the vagina monologues. A girlfriend of mine was a DJ on the X mm. and I just asked her, I was like, Hey, can I come on and help and like promote this show? Yeah. She's like, sure. So I, I got on and we had this great rapport and she's like, anytime you have a show, come back. And I said, okay, Maureen McGrath, it was Rini on your radio. So I, <laughs> I kept asking her and then finally she made me co-host until she finally gave up she's like fine <laughs> you can stay <laughs> so i stayed and then they offered me my own show and i've been doing i think it's i think it's been like it's a good decade a good one maybe like a 12 year decade wow yeah and uh before the pandemic i was able to bring people in and interview them so i've interviewed so many artists and business owners and entrepreneurs and people that i find to be interesting and and my my issue is i am not capable of small talk ah. <laughs> I, I feel as though maybe you suffer from the same disease I, that's i, I think yes. that's why podcasters make podcasts yeah probably <laughs> i just i just can't do it you know and i i i don't like that when someone's like how are you i'm good how are you that's <laughs> that's not even that's yeah. just another way of saying hi yeah you know if somebody asks me how I am. Buckle up. I'm going to sit down, grab a drink. It's going to be a long conversation. 
but yeah, I just, it's the, that conversation. I love that, like that tennis match of wits. Mm-hmm. And I do miss that from my show. But right now it's a three hour show. It's Monday, <laughs> Mondays, 12 to 3 p.m. And it's uh, the Lunch Express with I Hate Kate. And I have listeners, they text, they send Instagram messages and Facebook messages. They request songs and we tell, tell stories. And I take notes in my phone during the week <laughs> of weird and stupid things. And I talk about them. <laughs> That's awesome. Yep. Yeah. When you came into the studio today, I was... I had I listened today. Thank you. Thank <laughs> and you. And I was texting Ben and Elizabeth all day going, Kate is giving us a shout out on the podcast on the yeah. podcast on her radio show. Yeah. That's so fun. Well, yeah, I I mean, you you do that for me. I was I can't tell you how happy that made me when I saw oh. that. It did. You know, so I was saying like these little things that we <laughs> sorry, I just punched the microphone. <laughs> I talk with my hands. I should sit on them. Um these little things that we can do to help each other. Yeah. They really, they really matter. So then I begged people today. I was like, please do what Elise did. (laughs) Record this and play it. (laughs) But yeah, I, I do appreciate that. And you know, when people, when people listen, I always say, you've been warned. You tell me you're listening. I'm going to say something about you. (laughs) And it's usually good. It's usually good. (laughs) I think the first time that we mentioned you was in Tyrone's episode. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you took the picture, I believe I did. that he sent. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. I do, I do photography. <laughs> I can't sit still, as you're witnessing right now. Yeah, I, I. Well, I've known Tyrone for years, and like I said, we were working on that thing at and yes. I don't think I've ever interviewed him. I think the pandemic hit before I got a chance to do that. Mm. But he, how about it? He is like so eloquently spoken. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And he never says the word, um, doesn't say it. <laughs> it's not in his vocabulary. Seriously, it's impressive. It is. Hate him. Hate him. Just kidding. I love you, Tyrone. <laughs> yeah, I usually do an um pass on all the episodes where <laughs> oh, I go yeah. through. Our record is 395 ums that were cut from an episode. You didn't have to tell us that. I didn't Um, want to know. (laughs) Well, that's, you know, that's between us and the guest that was on total. So, Mm. you know, like a hundred a person. Probably more Um, than guests. That's kind of (laughs) weird. That's stupid. (laughs) But yeah, that. The amount of time (laughs) it saves not to say um is immeasurable (laughs) it's weird well it's you know it's that space in between thought yeah it's the space keeper yeah (laughs) space keeper (laughs) what else do you guys want to (laughs) know the one thing that i was really excited to talk with you about kate just in general because you do kind of fall into that multidisciplinary multifaceted artist and you have such a big community of people that you've worked with or people that I'm going to interrupt you. I'm going to have to tell you, I'm very nervous right now as <laughs> to what you're going to say or ask me. It's, it's intense. I'm creating a buildup. <laughs> I love it. I love it. No. Well, yeah. <laughs> Drum <roller. laughs> Well, no, I, it's, it's a quite a simple question and something that I'm not sure we've gotten too much into outside of our first episode, but do you consider yourself an arts advocate? Oh, Yes. Well, originally I went to school for biology. I wanted to be a vet. And I have found in my travels through time that I often thought that science and art were so far away from each other. Mm. But the more I've traveled through this world, I've realized that they're not. 
uh, so many artists have a background in biology or science, which I find fascinating. But then it was also kind of reassuring, like I'm not as crazy as maybe <laughs> <laughs> I originally thought. Uh, but yes, I have been collecting art for many, many years, probably probably 20 years at this point, again, if I'm going to be honest. <laughs> and I, I have a very tiny apartment. I don't I've moved three times, I think, and I have really high ceilings, so I'm able to sort of salon style, mm. but I am running out of room. And I took great care today before I came here. I wanted to, if I could, list the artists that I've purchased. That would yes, be lovely. Um, <laughs> most of them I've purchased, and some people have been generous enough to give me pieces, and I've done trade with people as well. And first and foremost, I have to mention uh, Laura Bly. She has, she's a clothing designer. She's on the south side of Bethlehem. And she, <laughs> she uh, has the task of dressing me for my shows. Ah. So I went to her for my last show and I said, here's the idea. Make me look like a peacock. <laughs> I did. So she made me <laughs> an outfit with peacock material. It's a beautiful thing that she made just for me. And wow. I also said, I, <laughs> Laura, I'm going to need a rainbow suit. Come on. And she did. She made me a rainbow suit. So Laura Bly designs. She's, uh, she's a lucky woman to get <laughs> to work with me <laughs> in that way. Uh, Anna Hamilton. Oh gosh. Just a brilliant artist. I've known her. It's so funny how time goes by so fast. She's a painter and she's, she's a studio in Allentown. Tyrone Webb. Michael Lebson. He's actually a painter. You've had him on, but I have one of his photos. He's a photographer as well. Ooh. Anthony Smith uh, from the Banana Factory. I have many, I have three pieces that I've purchased from him. And then he was actually throwing away no. <laughs> art. Oh my goodness. Because he's, you know, he's like, it's bad. I said, it's not bad. Is it free? <laughs> Can I... <laughs> Can I have this trash art? Which is not trash art. That's a terrible thing to say. But so I was able to have more of his stuff because, you know, obviously it's wonderful work, but you know how you are. You're just like, mm. well, this isn't I good get it. enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lauren Kuhn. Oh gosh, from the Banana Factory. Do you know her? Yes. Her work is so good. <laughs> I actually helped her. She was struggling at the Banana Factory. She was new. She's moving this huge box and I was trying to help her because I was like, oh God, it's poor girl. I'm like, plus I want to show off my muscles, right? <laughs> I'm like, I got this. Why don't you lay down? No, and I <laughs> I helped remove the box and I went into her studio and I was like, oh my God, it's so good. It's so I bought so a piece, <laughs> a fried egg, as a matter of fact. Uh, Lauren Beekner, <laughs> who actually has work, she currently, this is June, she currently has work at the Banana Factory. She does amazing paintings. Bobby Zeke, I have one of his wood pieces. Al Johnson, he's also at the Banana Factory. I have three pieces of his. Egidio Galgano, I love his name and I love his artwork. He's on Instagram. He's very active and his work is wonderful. Caitlin Lau, she's a photographer. She's a painter and she, I have a couple of her pieces. She's donated to the Vagina Monologues for me artwork. Michelle Neifert, uh, she was at the Banana Factory for many years. She's an Allentown-based artist. Daryl George travels all over the world, mm. oil painter. Stephen G. Amy. I haven't seen him lately, but I've collected his artwork. I, I, I have a long list, so I'll just read them off. Uh, Will Hubscher. Oh, his his work is amazing. Do you know Do you know a lot of these artists? Okay, good. Uh, Arturo Cabrera. 
he is like, man, I, I, I knew that I had to buy one of his pieces because I thought, I want to say that I have one. And when he hits the big time. That's, that's such oh, a yeah. flex. Seriously. <laughs> I'm like, I own an Arturo Cabrera. Uh, Kayla Ackleson, young artist just starting out. Her work is so cool. Nancy Bossert, if you, if you need to get her on the show, she does just about anything a person can do creatively. <laughs> and she's like one of those people that she doesn't know she's showing off, but she's showing off. <laughs> she, she's just so good at everything that she does. It's kind of ridiculous. Chris Costo, I've known him for years. I have several of his pieces. Uh, Laurie Franzo, Jesse Reno, Chris P. Jones and Christy Garten. Uh, they do like this pop art stuff. Uh, Marilyn Fox. She's, oh gosh, she's a great artist too. Michael Freeman. Do you know Michael? Did you have him on here? He was he, our first. How did guest. you find him? Yeah, he was he was <laughs> your first one. That's right. Yeah. yeah. He uh he was contacting me about his artwork and I I said, uh, "Let me let me see it." So, he told me he's a legally legally blind painter. So, he kept texting me and showing me his art. I'm like, "I have oh my to gosh. I have to buy two pieces." <laughs> yeah. So, I bought two pieces of oh, that's amazing. Oh my god, you're the <laughs> That's me. So, I know Michael through my job and that's oh. so because I run the arts and access program okay. through the arts council and he contacted the arts council about stuff. And so we've just been in contact since I started that yeah. job and he texts me pretty much every day with a new piece of art. And I went to his house, his studio a couple of weeks ago and it's floor to ceiling, yeah. like art everywhere, stacks of stuff on the floor, like literally everything. Yeah. And every time he's like, at least I sold a painting at least. And it's just like, it makes me so happy. I know. And I remember a a few months ago he's like i sold two paintings to the same person he's like they bought two yeah that's me yeah <laughs> oh my god yeah i think he's great oh, and that's it's, amazing i was over at juxta hub which you're familiar yeah with, and i was like is that michael freeman yeah <laughs> and i was like what a tiny little world oh my gosh. and it's great that you know there's that place too just yeah, supporting yeah. the artists oh yeah Kristen Woodward, she's an amazing artist. Andy Grumberg, she's based out of Allentown. I love her. She makes jewelry and she paints and does collages. Khalil Alaik, he's married to Laura Bly. Mm -hmm. He's a sculptor, painter, printmaker. He's another one. He just does everything. I have a couple <laughs> of his pieces. Uh, Tina Can't Tell Me, she's a painter in the Lehigh Valley. She's in Washington. Charles Salvatera and William Wyant. Th these are the house painters that listen to my show. I told them I would give them a shout out. <laughs> Tom Holmes is a sculptor. James Conti, he's this young guy that makes these beautiful lamps out of wood. He like carves. I have a, a, a lamp that's a tree. It's Ooh. a beautiful, he's like 22 years old. It's wow. ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, Shishweta, Shweta Jajodia. She makes beautiful furniture. Valerie Young, Rick Lung, Dan, Young, Danny Polk, Dan Getz. They're, they're glass artists. Um, wonderful people. W.T. Williams, Lynn Beadle, Ariel Schnauzer. I have pottery by Deb Slada and Naomi Story. Uh, Lynn Noble is a photographer, a writer, published author. Ken Sigafus, Kenny Pfeiffer, Doug Wiltrout. He's at the Banana Factory. He's an amazing artist. I'm almost done. <laughs> S 
<laughs> Stacy Louise Smith and Carolyn Keys. They both are jewelry artists. They make amazing jewelry. Uh, Cody Abrachinsky, Matthew Blum is a photographer in the Lehigh Valley. Uh, Melissa Perhamus, she had a studio at the Banana Factory for quite some time, and she makes beautiful things. She's experimenting right now. I heard your podcast a couple weeks ago that you were working with. Was it was it watercolor that you were working with? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's doing watercolor <laughs> right now. Tom D'Angelo, Michael Hess, and my best friend, Veronica Budahas, who does these amazing, she does everything. She makes tie-dyes, she makes candles, she makes face, like organic face cream, hmm. and she cooks and bakes. And yeah, yeah. That's it. That's everybody. Oh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's no, my list. That's cool. I like that your response to a question about advocacy was... I have a huge collection of art and here's all of the people yeah. that I got. I think from. I, I missed it. a couple, but <laughs> I think that's most of them. So that's awesome. No, be- well, I like, I love that because through school, through my work, through this podcast, even I've often fall back to the phrase that a boss had told me once that storytelling is the best form of advocacy. Yes. And especially art advocacy, which is cool because I think that ties back into your that thing at the just the emotional connection between art and the artist. Yeah. So the value of learning about the artists, hearing about the artists from a friend or from a podcast or from (laughs) wherever, but it's just for people that don't necessarily have a deep understanding or a that like traditional art background where you're this I don't I want I don't this sound like pretentious but where you are trained to look at art a certain way yeah. and then determine whether it's good or not that kind right. of thing for people that don't necessarily like have that background I think that it's the emotional connection either, whether you do or not the emotional side of being connected to art is so important I mm. I think it in some ways is more important than the Oh, it is absolutely more important. Aspect. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's how I I mean I've been selling art for many many years and it is always an emotional purchase. Mm-hmm. And I would always say when someone's looking at something and they're they're leaving and not, you know, mm-hmm. kind of pulling the trigger, I say, "Well, let, let me know. Here's my card. Let me know if this keeps you up at night." <laughs> And they, they would come back. <laughs> and yeah, and, it, and that would be the truth. But every artist has a story, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, how they became the artist. You know, and we were talking about that earlier. Some people want to say some parts of their story. Some people want to omit some parts of their mm-hmm. story. Yeah. And like Michael Freeman, I mean, he's like a legally blind painter. <laughs> I was like, that is ridiculous. And I need to buy some of your stuff. Yeah. You know? And I just, Arturo Cabrera, I mean, I told his story. I can't even tell you how many times I told his story. And Danny Polk, he's one of my favorite artists. He's a glass artist. And he has, he's, it was, I think he was 27 or something when he started making glass. I mean, think Chihuly stuff, like really beautiful pieces. And, you know, you, you get to be around these things and you get to learn um, how these artists interact with one another and how they interact with you and themselves and their families. And people people love hearing that. I mean, that's why your podcast is so successful. Is people <laughs> love that side of it too. And you fall in love with the artist before you fall in love with the art, if you're lucky. Totally. 
Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I didn't, I didn't mean it to sound like that's not, <clears throat> that one is more important than the other, but the, oh. I, I do definitely believe the emotional side of that is more important. And I think that's funny because yeah. that came up when you were talking about the film content, the, yeah. the, the film festival and, Oh, the people's, uh, the people's choice award. That's more oh. important than the, right. <laughs> than, yeah. and it's just, it's funny because it's, it should be about the collective and everyone art is made for the viewer by the artist or whatever, however you view it. Like, I yeah, the emotional stuff is so no, important. I, and I didn't <laughs> if if it came across that I was correcting you. No, I no, wasn't. no, <laughs> no. But I I know what you're saying like the technical aspects. Yeah, and I appreciate that too. But yeah, for me, it, I always look for I look for the heart of it. Yeah, and and if you can find that, you can be successful in selling art. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I haven't been keeping track of this time at all. You're like, it feels like forever. <laughs> no. Is it no, over? I'm like, this. I don't feel like we've been in here very long, but it's probably <laughs> been like a while. Um, is there any, what did we not cover that you wanted to talk about? Oh gosh. You know, it's so terrible. I talk all the time, like for the radio, <laughs> like I don't even know what I've said. <laughs> That's terrible. I know we talked about the films. And my show. Mm -hmm. uh, talked about being shy. Shy. <laughs> <laughs> I had I had on here like the radio show, the writer comedian relationship, the multi multidisciplinary artist, the films, your art collection, that thing at, and then your upcoming show. Yeah, I think we got it all. Okay. Well, maybe we can for the last chunk since we'll use. Do you want to do the opportunity separate or just like use? start a new part now with the, the end of it hmm yeah that works because then it'll feed right into the bit that she's um, gonna do at the end yeah i think i think that was good i'd like to do a little bit more wrap up because okay. if we were to end it there it would feel really abrupt yeah no no, no um, I, yeah <laughs> see but, you guys no i want to i want to talk more about the most um most flammable. Most flammable, sure. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. And then, and then gotcha. do you care if that, and then. Do we have the shout out that we need to do for <laughs> do the I need to do more 400th <laughs> follower oh. thing? Do we have that pulled up? No. Because okay. I know that we wanted to do that at the end. Well, then let's do it separate. Okay. 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 <laughs> Sorry. We did a. That's fine. We, yeah, we did like a. Um, I saw I saw a raffle thing and this awesome I can't remember his name now but you probably know him hoarding studio um, in Southside. Oh yeah. yeah, I do know him. Yeah, <laughs> I can't remember his name right now, but yeah, yeah he reached out to Matt? me on Matt? Matt? on Instagram. I feel bad. I'm so bad with names. So Same. bad with them. Um. Yeah, but he's our shout out, so we will do it separately then because I don't yeah. want to do it like that yeah. for him. Okay. <laughs> Okay, do you want to just jump right into then, like, I don't even know. Let me look really quick at your, the notes that I have from earlier, too. Thank you for letting me say all those names. Oh, of course. <laughs> totally. No, I actually really like that. Like, no one else has done something like that. And I think it really hits home with, like, the, yeah. we were talking with Michael with, like, about the mission-driven stuff and, like, how we are really honing in on our mission now that we're up to mm -hmm. 10 episodes and that's like that's such a cool representation of that yeah definitely oh, 
Thanks. Yeah. I was like, but they're going to tag them. <laughs> I don't want everybody <laughs> to be tagged. No, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We usually listen through the episodes yeah. and then like write, take notes. I can certainly send you these yeah. names. That would be awesome. That would be really cool. <laughs> um, yeah. We ran into, I think, four episodes ago when you're tagging people on an Instagram picture itself, it maxes out at 30. And oh, we no. had more than 30. Oh, so did you go so, back in as a... So then we had to go into the, the bio section right. of it. And <laughs> so, then we had to include them all there as yeah. well. But then we only included the ones that were pertinent to the artists, their process, and people that they worked directly with. Wow, that's good, that. though, that you're like, running out of space. For <laughs> it was crazy. We're getting, we keep getting <laughs> notifications from Instagram. Like, if you're doing this as branded content, then you have to do this, this. And like, it's not, Relax, we're not making Instagram. any money. Yeah, we're all still poor. <laughs> God. There's no money. <laughs> right. like, oh my God. Isn't it funny? That's, that's uh, so funny to me. Yeah. It's not funny. It's the opposite of funny. <laughs> oh, I know what else we can talk about. Um, we, another thing that has come up a lot in our episodes is, um, use of social media, either in artistic process or in demonstration of your art. And you are so active on Instagram. Oh God. <laughs> I'm like, trying. Even when I'm just scrolling through, looking at other people's stuff, it'll be like, I hate Kate. So like, <laughs> you're so amazing. And then like palette emoji, heart emoji, palette emoji, heart emoji. Oh yeah, I did. That's my, that's my signature <laughs> move. I love that. It makes me think of on TikTok, people will write in the comments, like I'm commenting for the algorithm. So then whenever I see your, right. your comments, I'm like, Kate's commenting for the algorithm. I'm going for the algorithm. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but in, in terms of using that as supporting other artists, that's something that's come up a lot in conversation yeah. with guests. Um, yeah. Whether it, because that's direct feedback on their work is nice to have. Or if you're just like interacting with people, if they're all people that you know, or if you just are kind of out there spreading the love. Yeah. Well, I, again, I think, and maybe this sounds very cliche or weird, but you know, maybe that's all somebody has, you know, when they go and they look at their, mm. their social media, yeah. you know, they're putting themselves out there. Like we just said it very vulnerable, you know, it's like this open wound and it's easy to be dismissive or to be unkind, you know, and a lot of people use social media platforms to do just that, to create arguments mm. and things like that. And there's already, I feel, <laughs> there's already so much of that in the world. So why not try to uh, flip the script? And if you can put a little heart and a little palette emoji, <laughs> why not do that? Yeah. And I do like talking about what I see in the piece or how it makes me feel. And, you know, maybe that will inspire not the artist, but someone else who's looking at it at that post to perhaps see what you see mm -hmm. as well or engage in the conversation. I mean, we're all just human, really. We're all just trying to get through this. Yeah. And the people that are doing this, they're the, you know, they're the brave ones. Not, and it's not cut out for everybody. And to, to put your open wound out on <laughs> on an internet platform, that yeah. takes some some guts. And that's everybody. That's musicians. That's everybody that's right. that's doing what we call the, the side hustle. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm. All about side the side hustle. hustle. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Kate, thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you for having me. I've had... 
I've had such a good time. <laughs> Do I have to leave? Don't make me go. <laughs> uh, well, I, I know you're a very busy person. You yeah. were you were recording your radio show earlier today. I, I, was. I was. And then you little, came here. I was a little scared about inviting you on on a Monday. I was gonna. I was prepared to like offer you an alternate date, but you were like, "No, I'm. I'll be there. Like, I will be just there. tell me what time." You know, it's funny. Somebody was like, "Why don't you call me afterwards?" I'm like, "I don't think I want to talk for a little while. I need to decompress after seven hours of nonstop verbal communication." Uh, oh my goodness! Yeah, that's. That's a lot. Yeah, but this <laughs> yeah. was wonderful. I really, uh, truly, from my heart, I appreciate what you are doing so oh, much. Thank you. It, and again, I think I don't think you realize what a gift this is to the people in this community and the artists, especially. But it's really, um, it's just so good. So thank you. I, we really appreciate it. And it's been I've listened to <laughs> almost all of them. Thank you. And it's it's been so uplifting, and it's inspired me to be not just you know to keep plugging away and being creative but to be a better person about all of it so thank you for that thank you kate and that was our conversation with kate hughes kate thank you so much for coming in today and thanks again to all of you who are out there listening if you'd like to catch kate live her next most flammable episode entitled amsterdam entitled as such due to the logistics of where the pandemic first began for her like her other shows this show navigates the journey through difficult times, regaining footing through the use of humor. Her show will premiere at Touchstone Theater's Outdoor Stage on July 17th at 8 p.m. with a rain date of July 18th. Tickets will be sold online through ArtsQuest, and Kate has recommended that you purchase your tickets in advance because all of her performances have sold out. To close out today's episode, here's an excerpt from Most Flammable Women Who Inspire Episode 2, which performed at the Steel Stacks to a sold-out audience on February 28th of 2020. Kira. I meet Kira at my job through the gallery where I work. Kira is the director of Fig Bethlehem magazine. She comes in during our shoots, and we get to catch up in the short amount of time that we get to spend together, and we both treasure it. She helps me decide what to wear and checks my hair and my facial expressions and the positioning of my roller skates. Basically, she and I get to play during these shoots. It is very, very fun. But before we get to work... Like clockwork, she gives me a hug, and her hugs are like magic. They are good. Throughout the years, Kira and I become actual friends and not just work buds. We share the stories of how we've gotten to where we are now. She's a Pisces like me, so it is a no-brainer to love her. No one understands a Pisces more than another Pisces. Or a Gemini. The double signs. Maybe this year, 2020. Like the Pisces or Gemini's double theme, maybe this is our year for the Pisces and the Gemini's. Double 20s, 2020 perfect vision because of the 2020 hindsight. Oh, I hope. I have hindsight for days and miles. But back to Kira. Talk about someone who is upbeat and smiling all the time. Sometimes if you are lucky, you get to hear her sing. She invites me to dance parties and to grab a quick drink on occasion. I try to take advantage of those times. In the midst of a really lovely friendship we have created, there is a photo shoot for Fig Magazine where they are focusing on women in the Lehigh Valley. I'm going to be one of the women featured. I feel like I'm tricking everyone. No one has ever called me a woman. I'm getting a full page ad. I can't believe it. Kira has an idea of how she wants to shoot my page. I also have an idea. 
I want to use the princess dress that my best friend's daughter, Evangeline, gave me. I want the most flammable sash I stole from a drunk girl at Emily's party. I want to wear a crown that I made Naomi's children make me. And I want to hold the closing night flowers that Katie and Noelle brought for me. I want my mom and my best friend's photos to be the images that we use in the shot. And I want it to be funny. I want to look like I want a weird beauty pageant or something. That's who I am. I'm funny. I want to make people laugh. I didn't want to try to look like I was looking anything other than funny. That's my zone, joke zone. It's where I am the most comfortable. Comedy is my go-to. Kira had another idea. She explained how she really wanted to see the more serious side of me. No goofy face this time, she says. She wanted me to lay on the carpet with my photos all around me and shoot from above. Kira wanted me to show the softer side where maybe, just maybe, my comedy might come from. Kira wants me to be vulnerable, and it gives me a visceral reaction. Like a child, I throw a fit. I'm still in school during this photo shoot and working a full-time job. I am overwhelmed and I am really exhausted. And these are the excuses I'm using for my poor behavior. Kira, I don't want to do this. I don't want to look like I'm trying to look like I think like I'm a model or something. And that's what this feels like. I don't want a fake beauty thing to be the theme here. I want to be funny. I do not want to look like something I do not think I am. I bark at her with a lot of passion and a bit of anger. Kira listens. But she does not waver. She assures me that this is the way to do it, that this photo will mean more to me than any of the other ones we've done because it will be real. It will show the real side of me, running and tired and messy, unraveling a bit. She promises I won't look like I'm trying to look like something I do not think I am. Oh, I am not happy. I am kicking and screaming the whole way. They set up the photo shoot while I just lay there. I am forced to be still. Stillness, something I don't do very well. I am told I cannot move as they set up my photos and art supplies on this gorgeous rug. And they use all the props that I want, the dress, the sash, the flowers. Once again, I feel real dumb. Why am I fighting any of this? All of this is just really incredible. Plus... Because I am still for once, I get to take a quick narcoleptic nap on the floor. It's a good day.